Did you ever hear the phrase off track, T-R-A-C-K, meaning inaccurate, irrelevant, or inconsequential? Strain from the central topic, issue, or sub subject at hand, not faithful to or distracted from a central principle, goal, or mission. Hi, I'm Tom Weaver, evangelist with Rock Solid Ministries and director of Rock Solid Ministries. You're listening to the RSM podcast, Just Preaching program. Today I'll be bringing the message entitled Off Tracked, T-R-A-C-T. Stay tuned. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is a need, my friends, for gospel preaching and gospel literature that shares the way to have our sins forgiven and to get back to God. Once when dealing with a stubborn man, Abraham Lincoln said, well, let's see how many legs has a cow. Four, of course, came the reply. That's right, agreed Lincoln. Now suppose you call the cow's tail a leg. How many legs would the cow have then? Why, five, of course, was the confident reply. Now that's where you're wrong, said Lincoln. Calling a cow's tail a leg does not make it a leg. And just because we say something is true does not make it so, or just because something is published in what is called a gospel track does not make it always the truth. Our God is a God of truth. His word is a word of truth. That which is true comes from him. Psalm 31.5, into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Everything we are told is the truth must be checked through him and his word. 2 Timothy 2.15 tells us, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now, some time back, actually it was back around 2004, Three, I believe it was, my youth minister in Tennessee, where I was the preacher in Lexington, Tennessee, was flagging cars so we could get fill dirt at the church property. We had a lot of low line areas we were building, and they were constructing, they were widening the highway in front of our church building, and they told us that we would provide people to flag the cars and stop them so that the dump trucks could come to our side of the road they would give us all that fill dirt for free. And we, we got thousands of dollars worth of fill dirt. And a number of our church members, men and women both, went out there to flag cars. Well, our youth minister, Michael, was flagging cars. And a man in a passing car that had to stop in front of Michael gave him a Christian tract. It had a lot of scriptures in it. And it had a, a good title. The title was, What If? Now, I'd like to take time in this message, entitled Off Tracked, to talk about this. Let, let, let's see what men say is the truth, and let's see what is truth. 
And first of all, I want to say something about the man who gave the tract to my youth minister. I think that was a wonderful thing to do. This man cared about the soul of our youth minister. He didn't know he was a youth minister. He was just somebody flagging cars, and that's a good thing to do. He cared about his soul, and he gave him a tract because he didn't have enough time to, to start a conversation with him. He was just there, and he did it. That was a good thing. But last things first. I'd like to start with what the tract writer tells us, tells the reader, happens after he has been saved. God's blessings, now that you have received the Lord, is what the tract says. Now that you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, God has done some wonderful things. Jesus has received you, John 6, 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. You have become a child of God, John 1, 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Your sins are forgiven. Acts 10, 43. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. You have received eternal life as a gift, the tract says. Romans 3.23, for, for the wages of sin, uh, excuse me, Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And you have been saved from an eternity in hell, Romans 10.13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, these are all biblical statements, uh, each backed by the word of God, though I don't know how solid each scripture fits with each statement. It is scripture, and that is good scripture for us to know. Now, first things last, how the reader is told to receive Jesus Christ and salvation. The tract begins, what if? What if your life were to end today? Are you 100% sure that you would go to heaven? A couple of good questions, I think we'll all agree. Now, if you are not certain about the answer to that question, as the track says that question, but actually there are two, then please listen to what God says in his word. And that's very good advice, listeners. I encourage you to always listen to what God says in his word. Now, the Bible teaches that you need to understand and believe four things in order to go to heaven, the tract tells us. <clears throat> Excuse me. You have sinned against God, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. There is a penalty for sin, for the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23. Jesus died on the cross, was buried, and rose again victorious over sin hell, and the grave. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8. Jesus is able and willing to save you from your sin penalty. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 13. Now these are all good points and good scripture. The writer of the tract goes on to say, God wants you to believe his word and receive Jesus Christ as your personal savior. 
if you will, then right now the tract says, in simple faith, pray this prayer, asking the Lord to forgive you of your sin and save you. And then it goes on to give us the prayer. And the prayer reads thusly, Dear Lord, I know that I am a sinner. I know that Jesus died on the cross for me. Please forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. And the track goes on to say, God bless you. It's wonderful to know that Jesus is your Savior. Your sin is forgiven and heaven is your home. And the reference for that prayer is the name of the tract writer, Larry, and I'm not going to give his last name because it's been many years. Larry may not be on this earth anymore, and, and I believe it's not kind to do that. So I'm just going to say it was Larry and his last name. Now, <clears throat> there's more than a small problem with this. You see, everything in this tract has a scripture reference with one exception. I hope you notice that. I've already pointed it out, but let me do it again. The exception is when we are told what to do to be saved. Following that, there is no scripture. Instead, there is just this name, Larry. Now, listener, I typed Larry. This was back, as I say, 20 years ago. I typed Larry into my computer Bible concordance. Larry isn't in the Bible. Shock. And neither is his last name. I also ran a search of the terms sinner's prayer and Jesus come into my heart and they were not there either. Either one of them. Larry had to reference the sinner's prayer with his own name because he could not find it in the Bible. Is the sinner's prayer a bad prayer? No. Certainly it's not a bad prayer. Anytime we ask God to forgive us is good, we should probably be doing that on a pretty regular ba basis. Uh, just know this, that God nowhere tells us that this prayer will bring salvation. Any more than he tells us, raise your hand and be saved, or just believe and be saved. Therefore, we have no right to tell anybody else that it will. The problem is, that we have heard it so often that we begin to believe it's true. If you heard over and over again that a cow's tail was a leg, would you then believe that he had five legs? Dear listener, I do not believe you would. I believe you know better than that. And if you hear this over and over, you ought to know, no, that is not true because it's not the Bible. Look it up for yourself. I believe when I brought this message on a Sunday evening to a crowd of about 100 people up in Lexington, I believe that I even offered to pay $100 to anyone who would find the sinner's prayer for me in the Bible. Uh, by the way, nobody did, and so I wasn't out any money. I remember also at this time finding a book called The Illustrated Bible, and I thought, well, this might be a good book for children because it, it kind of makes it into a story. It gives you a scripture, then gives you some pictures to go along with it, and the characters saying something. And I looked up Acts 2.38, where we are told, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then it showed a characterization, a, a cartoon, and it had a, all these people listening to Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, 
and one of them shouting, Lord, forgive me, I am a sinner, come into my heart. And I just thought, that's not what we just read in Scripture. Yet a child will read this and think that's what it says because it's in the illustrated Bible. This is wrong. The solution for this, for this getting off track, let's quit giving out information that can't be referenced from God's Word, whether in the form of a gospel tract or just verbally from our own beliefs, our own experience, or from the pulpit. If we're going to tell people how to be saved, let's give the Bible as our only reference. And someone says, well, I, I don't know, you know, uh, when, when, I, when I believed, I just felt saved. When I just believed, I just, I just knew it right then and there. How did you know it, my friend? Did you know it just because you felt good all over? Or did you know it because the, the Bible says, just believe and be saved? The Bible doesn't say anything else. Believe and be saved. No, I can't. you can't say that. So if you felt saved that day, the next day, if you were having a bad day and you didn't feel good, you didn't feel saved, does that mean you weren't saved the next day? We cannot go on our feelings, my friends. We cannot live by our feelings saying, well, I felt saved here and I didn't feel saved there. And then someone else says, well, I got baptized and... Uh, I just am sure I wasn't saved. I thought things would change and nothing changed. Well, my friend, if that's the problem, your problem isn't baptism because your problem is repentance. You didn't turn away from, the sin, from your sinful lifestyle. Nothing changed because you just got in the baptistry thinking, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. What you got when you got in the baptistry, my friend, was wet, but nothing else because you had not repented. The Bible does not say repent only and you will be saved. No, it says if you don't repent, you're going to perish, Luke 13, 3. And so we need to do that. We need to make sure that we repent. But it doesn't say repent only. Just quit living a bad life. Live a good life and you're going to be saved. You know better than that. I know better than that. It does not say faith alone saves us. It says by faith you are saved. By grace you are saved through faith, excuse me, not of yourself. Certainly by, by grace you're saved through faith. It's God's grace. And people like to say, well, it's grace. Do you understand what grace is? Grace is the unmerited favor of God. By grace you are saved. Yes, you did not merit Jesus dying for you. So it's certainly by his grace. By grace you're saved through faith. It does not say through faith alone. But real faith is an obedient faith. We're also told in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that confession is made unto salvation. And so if we, if we quit living a bad life and become good people, and we, uh, we, we really believe that Jesus is who he is, but we're not going to tell anybody. We would not say, now Jesus is the son of God. If, if, if our life depended on him, we're sure not going to say that. We might get killed. Are we saved? Jesus said, if, if you don't, if, if, if you don't, testify of me before men, I won't testify of you before my Father who is in heaven. So we must confess Christ, but does it say confession only? No. We're told in scriptures about being baptized into Christ, and we'll, we'll look at that in just a moment, but it does not say baptism alone, although we are told, Peter said that baptism does also, does also now save you. But does it say baptism alone? No. If I just grabbed you up and threw you in the water because I thought that would do it, you would once again 
just be wet. So the solution, let, let, let's quit giving out information referenced by our feelings or, 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 or what we found on a so-called gospel track. Let's reference the Bible. Simply put, here is God's plan of salvation. Hear the gospel, Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. John 3, 16. You know that verse. I know that verse. But that is not the only verse. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Yes, that's it. I heard a man say one time in Sunday school, that's the only verse. You take everything else out of the Bible, that's all we need. Wrong. If that's all we needed, that's all God would have given us. Confess that belief. Let's go to that Romans 10, 9 and 10 now. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Yes, it does say that. And I believe it. Don't you believe that, that faith saves you? Absolutely. The Bible says it. I don't... People say, well, you know, the Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. No, that's not right. The Bible says it. That settles it, whether you believe it or not, my friend, whether I believe it or not. And then we have to repent. Luke 13, 3, repent. And unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Uh, Acts 2, 38. Uh, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we're told that when we repent and we are baptized and we know we're not going to do that if we don't believe, then we receive not only the forgiveness of sins, but it is at that point that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. That is when it happens, not before, but at that point is when we come into Christ and Christ comes into us. And then Let's go on with this, be baptized again. 1 Peter 3.21, someone says, the Bible never says baptism saves you, but 1 Peter 3.21, it does. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we are talking about water baptism here. And someone says, well, what about Holy Spirit baptism? We are baptized by the Holy Spirit at the same time we are baptized in the water. We receive the forgiveness of sins when we're baptized in the water and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, he said in the, in the Gospel of John, that you got to be born again. And he said, you must be born of water and the Spirit. He did not say you must be born of water and of the Spirit of the water and of the Spirit, two different births, but of water and the Spirit, all happening at one and the same time. And I can't leave this without talking about the Apostle Paul, who was known as Saul before his conversion. On the road to Damascus, so many would tell us, now he was saved on the road to Damascus. If we are saved, our sins are forgiven. We read that on that track, didn't we? Yeah, sure. Our sins are forgiven when when we come to Jesus Christ and he comes in us. He was not saved on the road to Damascus. He recognized Jesus when Jesus spoke to him from heaven, telling him he was persecuting him by persecuting the church. 
And then Jesus told him to go on to the city of Damascus where he was going. And Jesus didn't tell him, now you're saved. Jesus sent someone to him to tell him how to be saved because that's the way Jesus has done it ever since he ascended back into heaven. And for three days, Saul, who had been blinded on the road, had scales over his eyes. He repented. He prayed for three days. And then God sent this fellow Ananias to him. And Ananias laid his hands on him and the scales fell from his eyes and he could see. Now, some would say, well, he was saved then. But again, we are not saved until our sins are forgiven. And I, I have to say, my friends, and no unkindness intended, but this is just not the truth. He was not saved yet because in Acts twenty-two sixteen, 16, the very next verse after the scales fell from his eyes, Ananias looked at him and said, and now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of Christ. So if his sins were forgiven on the road to Damascus or when the scales fell from his eyes, why did he have to get up and get them washed away again? Oh, goodness, you didn't get clean. Jesus didn't clean you up. Jesus didn't save you enough back then. Now he's going to have to save you some more. No, he had not been saved until that very moment. Now, let me ask you this question again. What if, listener, what if your life were to end today? Are you 100% certain that you would go to heaven? You can be if you'll get off track and go on to God's word. Obey him and you can know that you are saved. Let's not take our experience or just what we read on a tract without backing it up with God's word to absolutely know for sure. Now, if you have not accepted Christ, if you've not repented of your sins, you need to turn away from this wicked old world and turn to Christ. Open up the word of God. See that it tells us that we must believe, that we must repent, that we must confess. And then find somebody who will biblically immerse you in the watery grave of baptism. So just like the Bible, like the book of, of, of God says, like Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It, it, now, yes, it also says that, it, that we, we are not saved if we don't believe. It doesn't say that we're not saved, we're not baptized, but who's going to get baptized if they don't believe? And we know it's immersion. If you don't know any of the Greek and where all this came from, look to Romans chapter 6. Paul is reminding the Roman Christians, we're not talking about just the Jewish Christians in Rome, but, but all in Rome who are Christians, that we were buried with Christ in baptism and raised to walk in a new life. It is a burial. It's going under the water. And this is the only place in the Bible that tells us we touch his death. We're buried into his death. Well, where did he shed his blood? In his death. And some would say, you believe in some water regeneration, not the blood of Christ. No, I believe more in the blood of Christ cleansing because I believe baptism is essential because it says in that baptism is where I touch his death. Hmm. I hope you'll check that out, friends. Don't, don't take my word for it. Don't want you to ever do that. Just open up the scriptures and read. Have an open mind. Study faith, repentance, confession, baptism. Study the, those who were saved in the New Testament. And, and see 
what they did. Just make yourself a little chart. Did they believe? Did they repent? Did they confess? Were they baptized? Did they continue to live for Jesus? Make yourself a little chart and mark down every time any of this happens and make your own decision. Don't trust me. Trust the Word. Check into it, my friends. It's not about experience. It is about the Word. Now, if I went a little fast here, back up, get some of these scriptures. If you, if you want to have them in hand, we do at Rock Solid Ministries have some printed materials that will help you. And it's really just scripture. It's just a statement in scripture. And if you want that, you're welcome to it. Contact us at www.rocksolidministries.org. Again, rocksolidministries.org. And go to the contact page and say, I would just like a sample of all the printed materials you have. And we'll send that to you. And later, if you want more, well, you can ask for it. And friends, we'll send it to you as much as you want, absolutely free. Uh, you, won't get, you won't get a request to support us. You're not going to get a letter asking for money. You won't even get an envelope saying, would you like to make a donation? What we do at Rock Solid Ministries is free because we want you to have the free gift of Jesus Christ in your life. I, I hope that you will continue to listen to our just preaching programs at, such as this one and also come back to the RSM podcast to listen to our Frontline Servants program and our Just Music program. Thanks for joining me today, friends. Until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down His blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.